One of the things, uh, we have so many special guests on our Talk About Gay Sex podcast, and one of them is here in the house today. He, uh, he's the writer-director of an off-Broadway play, but for many of you have seen Afterglow. Has anyone seen Afterglow? It, did, it was a big hit. Here. It was a big hit. It kept getting extended and extended and extended. And apologize, I'm apologizing for my voice. I sound like Kathleen Turner, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's bring up... Uh, he's the writer-director of the brand-new off-Broadway play. It's called Safe Word. It's um, in previews right now. Asher Gilman, come up here. Come, come on down. Hi, hey. how are you? Yeah, sorry, there's a mic right over there. <laughs> Good to see you again. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Okay, great, fantastic. What's up, guys? Again. Yes, again. Again. You were on and the show. Happy 100th episode. This is huge. I Thank know. You. Isn't that great? Thank you. You've been and, with and us. You were with us before with your last show. I was uh, right here, actually. We, yes, we, it was. We did a we did an episode here. Yes. So now you've got another show. Yes. Running off Broadway, which hopefully will run just as long. And you're in previews right now, right? We we are. Uh, we open April 25th. Uh, we're in previews now. Nice, okay. nice. Um, so I wanted to ask you, because you had such success with Afterglow, and what a lot of people don't know is that it was kept getting extended and extended, and you're also going to open that in, in London? Yeah, so uh, Afterglow oh, wow. opens in London uh, in June. So That's um, awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, now, you directed that as well? No, I'm not. Um, You're not? Okay. No, uh, the, Very the, the, smart the man. British are directing it. <laughs> They're correcting it. Yes, that's how the Brits do it. So your brand new play, which you said is in previews, yes. is called Safe Word, and it's really about the BDSM culture a little bit. But can you just give us a synopsis? So uh, Safe Word, it's really, a power, it's really an exploration of power dynamics through BDSM and food. Uh, and it tracks these two New York couples who, uh, who are neighbors and they become friends and the relationship is laden with secrets and after an incident in which those secrets are revealed like all of these characters are sort of forced to come to terms with the parts of themselves they keep most hidden. That's really awesome because yes yeah, so we, 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 all, we all have these little secret fantasies that we generally don't talk about mm -hmm. until you get brave enough to talk about it and then reveal it to somebody who then usually has something similar to reveal to you, so. Exactly. Exactly, that's awesome. Are some of the secrets um, in the BDSM culture? Oh, I, I can't reveal that. I, I think you, you have, have to, to see just the come show. see the show. <laughs> but uh, I, I will say that it is, you know, it, similarly to Afterglow, Afterglow was a play about relationships. Um, and, and yes, like we, it was a play with, that talked about polyamory and non-monogamy, et cetera, but ultimately, that it wasn't about polyamory. It wasn't about non-monogamy. It was about relationships. And the same right. thing goes for, with, with Safe Word. Safe Word is not about BDSM. BDSM is the device that we're using to explore these different power dynamics and relationships. Right. And I also heard there's food is involved. Oh, yes. There's the, two of the characters that. are chefs. So what, what exactly does food take place in this show? How does you it, can tell us. Yeah. yeah. That, without letting too much Spoiler out. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I'll, I, I, um, I will just say that, that two of the, one of the couples, two of them are chefs. Oh, okay. I okay. like that. That's interesting. Juicy. But yes. Um, we, we, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, 
it is a fun way of, of sort of exploring BDSM. There's a, there's a, there's a shift that happens uh, in the play, and, and all will be revealed. But, you know, cool. if I give the spoiler right now, then, like, oh, no one's going to come no, see we it. Are, we all have to go see it. So. Yes. Well, we have a couple of people in the audience that saw the play, and so we're going to actually ask a couple of their thoughts in a minute. But um, I wanted to know a little bit about, um, is it true that you went and did some research for this in the BDSM? Absol- Absolutely, I did one my of research. Our special guest, Master Joshua, was here earlier and mentioned you may have researched in his world. I'm not sure. Uh, not with well, him. That's okay. interesting. Uh, I did find another Dom uh, to to do my research with, but that I mean that was ultimately something that was really important to me right. uh, is to really present like a, a really authentic Accurate, picture yes. of of this community because it is a community that is so terribly demonized. Uh, and ironically That's fetishized. Uh, you That's know, like, very true. I, 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 what ends up happening is, is so much of the exposure of this community is through, like, books and movies that are quite poorly researched, uh, in which they, you know, the, you know they, they use BDSM because of its mystery, because of its allure, but not actually the community, not actually the tenets of the community, not, not, not the things that make it such a beautiful... And ultimately, like, the, the people I know in the King community are some of the most loving and tender people I've ever met. Right. And the idea that, you know, they're just a bunch of, of like, just, like, slapping each other around, Misfits, they're sadists yeah. and whatnot, like, is, is so antithetical to everything that they, they believe in, everything that they are. So seeing uh, firsthand helped, really, with the process of creating your show. Exactly. So, because I, I was going to ask, because I know Afterglow was based a lot on your life. Yes. So, uh, but this this was not. This is not. But you did do your research. Uh, I mean, basically, okay. you know, really just like doing, a, talking to a lot of, of people in the community, you know, having a session with a dom, uh, who then I had, have, I'm still having conversations with about sort of like how to, how, to, how to craft this story. There are people working on the production who are heavily involved in the community. So we, there are always eyes on the show. Right. They're, you know, saying like, oh, like, you know, don't use this word, use this word, and here's why. Because you know, it was really, it was mm-hmm. really important to all of us to get this one right. Yeah. I agree. No, you're right. You're right. The stuff that's been produced in the past on BDSM, films, what have you, they just don't really have a clue right. as well, to what it's really about. Or, 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 you know, how it's an expression of yourself or, you know, how you interact with it. It's well, not... because ultimately BDSM is, is used in media uh, to titillate. But exactly. it's not, yeah. but, but its presentation is not honest. No, at it's all. not. Absolutely. I'm thinking, I've done, we've done a lot of work in the BDSM community. I've certainly done my own. Um, we should talk about what safe word really means. Safe word is usually a word if you're in a scene with a dom, and it's a word that I understand that means when you're pushing your limits as far as you can go, whether it's flogging, nipple play, whether it's rope tie, and you, you both decide on a safe word that lets the, the dom know, okay, maybe to back off, or is that well, how you understand it? it? It's, it's not maybe to back off. It's when somebody it, uses it the safe stop. word, stop, stop. everything okay, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there, there, there's no, like, oh, like, I'm going to feel yeah. this out. Like, oh, like, just kidding. Like, no, Please and that's the idea. Is that, like, is that, you know, when it comes to the use of a safe word, it is, 
it is a word that would never be used in the context that you're in. That, that it, is, it is very specific and very yes. intentional. Because you know, often you'll get into scenes where you know, people will, will say things like stop or they'll, or, or, you know, or they'll cry for help. Uh, but that's part of the fantasy, to right. be able to live in it, to, to, to the illusion of, being, of, of not being in control, of, of being dominated. When the, in, in actuality, it's the sub who's in control because the sub has a safe word. Now, absolutely. Granted, I also know plenty You're of doms who have found right. themselves yes. in situations in which they have had to use the safe word as well. But right. the safe word absolutely means stop everything, right. this is, like back off and check right. in with each other. And yeah, that's why exactly. it's critical. Check in with each other. That's really mm -hmm. the key. And that's why it's critical, too, to have that safe word to not demonize the BDSM community as opposed to when you're, unfortunately, when people are in, you know, in scary situations in real life, right. you don't have a safe word. You don't have word a safe if, word that you can you lean know, When to. someone's no. coming at you with a knife, you don't have the safe word like, <laughs> back off. And this is why safe words Come quat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's yeah. part of it. No. Well, no. no. <laughs> but also, like, so another thing that we, we really loved exploring with this one is aftercare, which is something that, again, like most people right. don't actually know about. And no. it's actually a huge, 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 and probably... One of the that's, most important part of BDSM, which is after a scene or a yeah. session, checking in with each other and taking care of each other, and especially like when you know making sure that that the sub is is feeling safe and and okay, and that, that is part of that release. It's so funny you should say that because Master Joshua, who's been on our show so many times, was here earlier wishing us happy, wishing us happy, happy one hundredth. Um, yes. But he, we did a scene, and he has continuously checked in with me about that. How you doing? Have you thought more yeah. about the flogging? And I like that check-in process. That you, yeah. know, you know, that's exactly what you're talking about. Right. And how you were saying that it. They want you to be comfortable, and it's not always scary people that are part of that community. No, it's I mean, just that, about being on the same page. Right. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, I mean, again, similarly to Africa, like, this is a play about communication. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and, and how, like, how it is so important to be true to yourself and to be honest and honest with the people that you love and what happens when you stop being honest. It's a great subject you awesome. chose because it's about communication and what do plays do? They communicate. And I know you're always notorious for writing a play that people talk about, have conversations, you know, hours and days later. But I would love to get two people that saw the play last night, actually, and I promise they'll be kind. Ooh, <laughs> I think getting, they liked it. They're you're like, getting okay, they don't have to be kind. Yeah. They can be mean. I can take it. Uh, Early George reviews. George and Scott, my two best friends here. Uh, how you doing? Come on in here a little bit more. Yes. Um, can you, you guys saw uh, the play last night, right? Say for, okay, what did you guys think? Loved it. It was, it, it was, it was, it, the whole play just built on each other. Each scene built on each other, and it was great. Nice. And I know you're a fan of Afterglow as well. Um, any similarities that you saw? No, I think it was, this was totally different, unique. You know, you walked into it, especially the way that you did the staging in this production. I, I sort of, I definitely got it, and I like the way that you played on this, at least the staging you got in this theater compared to the Davenport and the other one. I sort of liked the way that you did. You expanded on the staging, and it really tied to the story. It really did. I like that. Thank awesome. you so much. I do have one question. There is a, there's a character who you assume is transgender, but it's never mentioned that they're transgender. Was that done on purpose? Uh, yes, I think... It is 2019 now. The character of Chris is genderqueer, but the character of Chris is a nurse practitioner and is, is a whole many other things. Like, 
we really need to change the way we talk. Like, I hate, I hate seeing in, in television and movies and in, on the stage when, a, when, when trans characters or gender queer characters or non-binary characters are there as a plot device. You know, we don't, yes. we don't discuss Chris's gender identity besides the fact that they use the pronouns they, them, there. And that's it. That's the end of the discussion. And, and the rest of the play continues without having that conversation. Because again, it's 2019. And you like, shouldn't have to, yeah. We, we don't have to. Like, yeah. uh, like we, these are people, I know people who are yeah. genderqueer, you know, and this is their experience of life. And to have to constantly answer this question of like, oh, like, how do I, how do I, you know, how do I, how do you deal with the world being genderqueer? It's easy. It's, in the minute it's, you don't label it from an artistic standpoint, no, we'll, the same, it'll the, become normalized in, in for the, everybody else. In, in, in the in, same way that in Afterglow, we didn't have any, any conversation about sexuality. I mean, no, no, no character ever mentioned that they were gay or bi or whatever. Now, obviously, since the play started with a threesome, we could infer that these were men who had sex with men, but we never had a conversation about... About, again, like the gay tropes, you know. There was no mention right. of HIV AIDS. There was no mention of coming out. There was no mention of discrimination. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we, at, at the time it was 2017. Yeah. We need to be telling other stories. Trans, non-binary, genderqueer characters do, are not props. They, they are people. Thank you, yes. Thank and this, you. Is, this is very much yeah, kind, of, yeah. kind of where yeah, gay people were, oh, hold you on. know, uh, um, many years ago. So the show last night was in a one-act play, but it seemed as if there were two different acts. Was that intentionally that you joined both of them together? So last night was the premiere of the, oh. the one-act version because uh, the previous night it had been two acts. Uh, and so we, we clocked in in a nice, cool 99 minutes last night. <laughs> the joy of previews. <laughs> During previews. Well, for Afterglow... The show opened actually as a two-act play, and then about a month in, we went back into the rehearsal room and we we shifted it to a one-act play. Well, Asher Goldman, thank you so much. The play is called Safe Word. And, and where can we get tickets? And what theater is it uh, at? You can get tickets at safewordtheplay.com. It's at American Theater of Actors on West 54th Street between 8th and 9th. And we awesome. are on sale through July 7th. And I strongly encourage everyone to come see it. And let's have a conversation. And thank you all so much for, for having me on well, your show you again. Thank you for being here again. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we, uh, I have my tickets, and so one of you is going with me soon, so <laughs> thank you. Again, safe word the play. Thank you. Uh, it's our 100th episode of Talk About Gay Sex, Tags Podcast. Yay. I want to shout out to Frank Pond and Al, who I Hi, believe Frank. are watching. Hi, Al. Al. Hi there. Um, thanks for watching us tonight. Um, they're in California, actually. Yes, they are. Where yes. we wish we were. Before we, bring out our, <laughs> before we bring out our next guest, I just want to shout out. We have so many people uh, in the audience that have been on the show. One of them was our very first guest, uh, Gregory Nelbone. <laughs> if you would mind, <laughs> can I drag you up here real quick for a quick hot he's, second? He's shaking his head saying no. <laughs> can you come over here? Yes. <laughs> He was our very first guest of the Talk About Gay Sex podcast ever. Hi. You're photogenic. Hi. You're photogenic. Hi. How you doing? Hello. People, welcome, Gregory <laughs> Nelbone. Hi, um, Steve. Hi. People should know, if you follow Gregory, like a lot of us do, he's got like 400,000 followers or some... 15 people. <laughs> yeah. 15 followers? 
<laughs> Thanks for being one of the first uh, guests of the entire. Oh, you're welcome. That was that was a, like a while ago. You came. Can you hear me on that? Uh, little, hold, uh, hold the mic yeah. a little closer. closer. Hello. There. I might. Now I, we can. You there you go. Oh, You've come a long way in what, a year, right? Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? Wow. Yes. 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 Thank you. Episode one. That's episode crazy. one. Exactly. Episode one. So we'll have you on every hundred episodes. How's that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, um, what can you tell us? You have like a new fragrance yeah. or something coming out? Can I? Can you really hear me? Yeah. Okay. I, I, hear, I hear nothing. Uh, yeah, I'm doing. A, you know, my passion for fragrances has been really strong, like all my life. So I'm collaborating with a uh, a very big perfume company, and I'm developing my own fragrance and also a candle, a companion candle to go with it. Nice. And so awesome. Did I tell you that? I told you, yeah. You didn't, no, I, he told me. So. Very cool. Well, we will check that out. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you so much for coming up yeah. here and, and being our first guest. Good, congratulations. And uh, you know, I can look forward to the and, next uh, 100 episodes. And, 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 <laughs> where, where, and where can people follow you, Gregory? Uh, you can follow my cats on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're very famous. Yeah, yes. they're, they're, it's all about the cats. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Thank you. Thanks, yes. baby. Thank you. Absolutely. And that's why Gregory, it's at Gregory Nalbone, yes? Yeah, at Gregory Nalbone on Instagram. You could figure it. Okay. So we've got a lot of people in the audience. It's um, a shout out to us. And David, please tell us if you see questions on our Facebook page. Um, but I want to bring up our next guest. And I really found out about him through you, Steve Carpenter. Yeah. Brooklyn Boy Nets. <laughs> Brooklyn Boy Nets, yes. Yeah, Luis Boria, get up here. <laughs> Luis, come on up. Luis Boria, also known as Brooklyn Boy Nets. Hello. Well, thank so, you for having me. Absolutely. But be careful with that, yeah, right there. Yeah, we don't, we don't want you to fall off the stage. stage. Um, yeah. For people that don't know, um, Brooklyn Boy Nets, Luis, is, um, you became insta-famous um, knitting yes, on yes. the trains going to and from um, Brooklyn in the city, I guess, correct? Correct, correct. Um, I've been knitting for 11 years now, and uh, great. about a year and a half ago, I was just knitting on the train on my way to work, and sitting before me was uh, Frenchie Davis. Mm -hmm. She was on American Idol, she was on Rent on Broadway, and I had no idea she was sitting in front of me, and she snaps a photo of me. And the next morning, my friend uh, Jason Hood calls me. He's like, dude, you're all over Facebook. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, <laughs> sends me a screenshot of this photo of me. And I'm like, that was last night. And that's creepy. Who's taking a photo of me? <laughs> that's <on>? creepy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> on the subway. And I realized it was her. And uh, long story short, uh, it got the attention of the Daily News. And they wanted to interview me. And they released the article on a Sunday. And it just exploded. And... It just That's went really cool. It's, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. all over, but 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 since then too, since then you've been doing a lot of uh, a, a lot of um, uh, knitting epi not episodes but events, um, you know, teaching people how to knit, correct, and doing uh, things for raising money for cancer for right. kidney cancer, um, and the one thing the one of the main things I wanted to talk about is you're you've been kind of a um, like a spokesperson for Lion Brands Hat Not Hate. That's correct. So um, tell us a little bit about that one. So, so many times you see people go viral for so many different reasons, and I always tell people you have a choice at that, mo at that moment. You either take it in for yourself, or you do something positive with your platform. So right. I decided to give back 
and start spreading this message of inclusion and diversity and really include, uh, you know, children into this. Because a lot of mm -hmm. us, how many of us have been bullied, you know, all our lives, all right? Us, think, yeah. All of us. So um, when Lion Brand uh, came to me, uh, Shira Blumenthal, who is the founder of Hat mm -hmm. and I Hate, she said, Louis, I have this great idea. I want to start a campaign, an anti-bully campaign, where we ask our community, specifically knitters and crocheters, to make blue hats for the month of October, uh, mm -hmm. to knit blue hats for children uh, so that we can outfit them and represent them as I stand up to bullying. Right. So last year, we had a goal of 1,500 hats. Wow. We received over 2,500 hats. Wow. So this year, um, we decided to go higher. So now we're asking for 25,000 hats. <laughs> yeah, and that's and quite a lot higher. And the hats are coming in, so um, it's been it's been a blessing to see that we're able to take this craft that we love so much and mm -hmm. put it to good use, and to send out a message like we're not going to take this. You know what I mean? And, right. And you know, with everything that's happening nowadays, you got cyberbullying, you got kids being bullied at school, you got adults that are still being bullied that yes. are being beat up on a daily yes. basis over right. issues because of color race sexual identity mm -hmm. you know and it's not okay so and what? and the and the blue hat represents anti-bullying yes uh peace and solidarity and peace and which solidarity is the reason why we chose blue yeah. for this campaign yeah people, I, uh, people can go to hatnothate.com i believe to uh, find yeah, out about so the yeah so the website is hatnothate.org Org. On, yeah, we're on Instagram, right. Facebook, uh, Twitter. So yeah, actually, I, I myself made a couple of hats for them last year. It's awesome. Um, and and I'll make I'll, I'll make a couple of more this year as well. Yeah, it's uh, good. And probably we'll do something, um, you know, offer a couple of hats up on Instagram and not Instagram on our Patreon page. Come fall, people don't really need a wool hat this time of year, but <laughs> come fall, you know, I'll, I'll do up a couple of hats for that as well. So uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and Steve could probably chime in on that too, that I heard in, uh, if you go to his website, brooklynboynits.com, you can find out so many great videos, but you talk a lot about being a male knitter and yes. all yeah. and how you had to get over. And talking with our last guest too about labels that, you know, overcoming the BDSM labels, and that's sort of a theme for us right now is, on the show at least, for Talk About Gay Sex, is overcoming stigmas and labels, and can you just talk a little bit about gender and being a male knitter and what you had to overcome? So, when I first started knitting a little over 10 years ago, uh, one of the issues that I had was um, that there is a stigma attached to knitting that it's for older white women. So here I am. Or grandmas. Exactly. So here yeah. I am. I'm a man. I'm Latino and I'm gay. So it's like. <laughs> wham, this, wham, wham. <laughs> exactly, right? Triple so, threat. <laughs> so I was, you know, in the first year and a half of me knitting, I was ashamed. Like, not, you know, just embarrassed. Like, oh my God, I don't want people pointing the finger at me. I think I don't you said you judge. were concerned, always concerned what people think of you. Right. And I realized that. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people think, you know? I have this gift, I have this passion for something that I love so much, screw what people have to say. You know, and I always talk about how, how in society we are confined in these boxes because society puts us in these boxes, saying that boys can only do this, girls can only do that, boys mm -hmm. can't play with dolls, girls can't play football, and I said, right. screw that, you know, like, this is, this is what I love to do. So then one day I just said, you know what, I'm gonna knit on the train, and I, and I took my project out the bag, and surprisingly, the looks that I was getting wasn't looks of like, oh, look at him. It was like, wow. Wow, that's had, cool. Yeah. And yeah. I had people coming up to me, men, women, like, it's really good to see a guy knitting on the train. 
And I realized that I was like, it was all me. I was pointing the finger at myself the whole time. Yes. And then you were photographed without even noticing. Right? Exactly. Like you had no Years idea. later, yeah. You're just By busy Frenchie knitting. Davis. Yeah. Which yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really good to now, like, I go into public schools throughout New York City, and I, I talk to kids about this. And I tell them, you know, we're at a, you're at an age where you're trying to discover who you are. And don't ever feel afraid to do something you want to do based on what somebody's telling you or someone telling you not to do. Yeah. So when someone tells you no, you say yes. Or based on exactly. the norms of what people think exactly. is okay. You know, yeah. we, we live in a society where gender norms need to be broken. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I like love what you and, do, and, and, but and, always... and yes, I, and I'm a knitter too. Yes, he is. <laughs> May I ask, so, what, what would you say got you into knitting, like from the start? Where so, did you start? So, when I was 14 years old, my grandmother tried teaching me how to crochet, but that lasted like two weeks because I, <laughs> I just wanted to be outside. And I was like, I don't want to have time Running for this. Running around. But uh, what's funny is that 10 years ago, I had a dream that I was knitting, and I literally woke up that morning with my hands in midair, like as if I was knitting. I was wow. like, and I was, telling, I was telling Steve that I felt like I knew how to knit when I woke up. And that same day, wow. I went to Michael's, I bought needles and some yarn. I came home, I hopped on YouTube, and within hours, I was knitting. It was just like, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah That's really crazy. awesome. And that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Something that people should know if they go on your website, Brooklyn Boy Knits, let's just keep plugging that's that. That's correct, yes. But is that uh, everything that you make is labeled with the Brooklyn reference, like a neighborhood, correct? That's correct. So, like, my pieces, I have a hat called the Bushwick Convertible. Um, so, a lot, of, I try to keep it Brooklyn. I try to keep it New York City themes. Um, you know, and I have a lot of great collaborations with other artists. So, one of the things that I love to do is... Um, People within the fiber arts industry, I love to share that platform with them. So anytime I can share uh, the platform with them, whether I'm collaborating with them on yarn or pieces or projects, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's my thing. And and I always encourage people, and it's not just the fiber arts industry, uh, any artist, you know. And I and I and I love doing that. You know, someone extended mm -hmm. a hand to me, and that's that's what I'm trying to do for my community. Well, and you you've also st started doing some work with uh, with Knitting Wolf. Yes, so. uh, yes, and um, uh, one thing that I'm really excited about is uh, recently Soho Publishing, uh, which, yes. I was going to ask you yes, about that. Which, um, they, they oversee uh, four knitting magazines. One of them is Vogue Knitting Magazine, um, which I'll be featured in next month. I'm, they're doing a feature of me on, on Vogue well, Magazine. congratulations. So. Yes, thank you, yeah. Very cool. However. Um, however, so <laughs> recently there's been a big uh, hot topic going on in the fiber arts industry where it's about diversity and inclusion and racism. So um, it's been a really crazy time right now and people are attacking each other um, you know, over a lot of different things. So Soho Publishing decided to open up uh, a diversity, diversity advisory board and I'm on that board now. So representing Latinos, Congrats. men who knit, Amazing. and the LGBTQT community. That's really awesome. Thank That's you. really awesome. That's I mean, great. You probably didn't think of this, but now I feel like, yes, you're working on the gender thing, getting over that, but it's almost like, do people find, like, hit you up on there? And it's kind of sexy <laughs> when you see a male knitter. <laughs> no, like, like, I was looking at a lot of male knitters. There's male knitter groups happening around. Yeah, yeah. I think Rebar yeah. should do one here. And, and you started but, one. Yeah, well, I started, uh, I helped start a, a men's knitting group in Brooklyn at Strengthening Studio in Brooklyn, New York, and Park Slope. So anybody out there who wants to come join us, any man that wants to learn how to knit, Nate, I'll go. Yes, um, beginners, come every Thursday. Included. Yes, uh, yeah, especially beginners. So every Thursday night we meet up at 6:30 to 9, and 
we just knit, we have a couple beers at the shop and we just, it's a good time, yeah. I love there that. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. Lewis, awesome. thank you so much. Thank oh, wait, you. I, I yes. have a little gift for you guys. Ah. Oh. So oh. congratulations. Is it your logo? Yeah, it's, it's an enamel pin that I had designed. I oh, very cool. Oh, it's a great logo. Yeah. And I thank you so much. So thank you. This yeah, is actually, so the logo, awesome. uh, if, if you look on the yeah. screen, it comes up periodically. And, uh, this uh, is a, a so really good one. Cool. Thank you guys. on the train, right? Well, yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks to Brooklyn Boy Knits and Lewis Boria. You can go brooklynboyknits.com. Yes, and he does sell his work, too. So if you need a new hat or a new scarf or a shawl or something, he has them online. You can buy them. So, yes. excellent. Um, is it okay? <clears throat> I will wear this with pride. <laughs> Hold on one second. We're going to bring up our next guest. Let me just... I'm getting a little feedback somewhere. Probably you, because you're, ju you're just... <laughs> As Jeremy and I always always pick on each other. It's so easy. <laughs> Maybe it's me. Um, all right, we want to bring up our next guest. Um, he is in a, a Just For Fans phenomenon. He is making porn, he's super sexy. We had him on our show talking about popper training. Please welcome to Mr. our stage, Luca. Luca XX. That's Luca double X. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Thanks Fantastic. for doing our 100. It's so weird to be dressed and non-naked. Yes. Well, you can get undressed if you Look, want. Yeah. People, people can see Luca everywhere. Now. <laughs> um, you, people can see Luca all over uh, and town. A, and, and all of Luca. All and over all town. All of Luca. Um, <laughs> what I think what I really loved was that um, you started your Just for Fans page, and you're kind of going in the different direction where now studios are actually coming to you to offer you parts in their, in their porns. Yeah, correct? I think that's what we were talking last time. Um, which is, it feels like a lot of porno stars will be famous on camera, and then they're opening the Just For Fans. And I feel like Just For Fans is, a, is helping me to get a more, as you said, like adult entertainment. It's kind of like the opposite person. direction. Exactly, yeah. it's, it's, it's the opposite so of what most people do. They're casting from your own videos that you make for yourself. Yes, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> I know one of you, the quotes that I read about you that I copied down was you said you always wanted to be a porn star. Yeah, I feel like since I've been in New York City and I've been go-go dancing a lot, I wanted to explore my sexuality a lot and I think porno is a fantastic way to get that expression out. Uh, and so I was like, let's just do Just For Fans. I started my Twitter page uh, and I got to meet a lot of porno star friends and uh, now it's coming to reality. I was in Los Angeles and I filmed uh, two porno, I filmed one in New York. I'm really happy. What what studio did you film with? Uh, we did Dutra, um, Cataracts then, and um, a cute one was uh, Pits and Pubes, because I'm European and hairy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, how long did you, you moved here from Italy, obviously. What part of Italy and when? Uh, I'm uh, nearby Venice, so northeast. Uh, and I moved here like nine, ten years ago. That's been a while, yeah. 
Okay. Nice, nice. Um, okay, so one of the things I know you want to produce film at some point. When you're doing your Just for Fans page, um, how do you find your partners that you create these well, scenes? I, yes, I think we talked about that last time. Um, I think mostly to uh, Twitter and social media uh, or DM. Instagram. Yeah, slide <laughs> in my DM. DM. That's you, Jeremy. And, and then my whole. And then, and then my whole. I think what we talked with Steve uh, last time was that it's kind of nice because you can choose your partner when you're filming. When you're making it yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, a yeah, friend of mine invites you for a cappuccino because he's Italian as well. And he got a coffee with you and they'll decide if you want to film with you or not, which I think is very smart. Okay. Oh, so that's the interview process. I yeah. love it. <laughs> It's not pulling so it's out your like dick a, or your ass. You kind of like a Starbucks interview, yeah. And you go to, yeah, you got so a fancy little espresso. Cappuccino first, dick later. Dick later, yes. yes. cream later, too. Uh, yes. Food, yes. yes. And, and the safe food. word. Um, do you have any tips for us, like, amateurs, for if we want to shoot our own porn? Like, what's, I mean, is lighting important? Oh, or? yeah, we talk about, so, um, I think most of the porno stars and the people that are doing it, 2 to 3 p.m., it's a good time, and the good lighting are great. Oh, you mean natural lighting? Yeah. Okay. Natural lighting, perfect for so your you face. So you gotta get it together before. So it has to be by a window. So by a window. Uh, and then Northern an, lighting. Um, one of those beautiful light for iPhones. The like glam, eighty dollar. Like these glam lights. Yeah, like eighty seventy dollar. You can find them online. Worth the investment. And they work really well. Yes. The other thing is a job. So a lot of people start that as, oh, it's cute. I'm gonna fuck everybody in New York City. That's a porno star. And it's there's, there's a lot the of work are, that goes yeah, it's into a lot it. Of, like you have to edit yeah. your own, you have to edit your own movie. You have to um, think about point of view, think about a storyline if you want a storyline. Sound. Sound. Sound angles, overdubbing, uh, so all of that's that. A lot. It's a lot of job. I know. It's, 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 you're, you're producing I'm a film. Out of the then now. you're um, <laughs> you're producing a film. Yeah, you're putting out on Pornhub yeah. to make sure that people uh, see your clips. You put it out on Twitter. You can decide if you want your Instagram to be part of your life or not. Uh, so it's, it's a lot. But it's fun to do it, and you can express yourself. So with the loss of Tumblr, um, have you found that Twitter is your new go-to yeah. to promote your yeah. Just for Fans? I think like Tumblr people and porn has been floated into Twitter. <laughs> oh, Twitter yeah. Twitter's changed a lot since. Yes. I have a separate account just for the porn. <laughs> yeah, see? And I, I, actually, we were talking about Twitter, how Sometimes that's an instrument for a company to find you. So I have people that have just for fans and Twitter and company I'm contacting, contacting them to film with them. I think the biggest change in the porno industry is a lot of people like amateur video. And then the second thing, um, and that's come from a lot of porno star friends, uh, they feel like the porno industry is abusing them a little bit too much. And so they have a little bit more yeah. freedom. Control. And they don't feel right. like a slave at where they're working. They feel who, like a human Who you're going to work with, what scenes you're going to do, all of that. Yeah, you can choose that yourself. Yeah, I, I want to be in the porn industry. I want to be part of it. But I think we can create a better porn industry. I was talking with Steve. Like, I like the idea of the camera because I would like to create eventually a company. There are companies out there already, but a company that focuses more on diversity. So, for instance, mm -hmm. why... You know, the black guys have to be the top all the time. Can you be the bottom for once? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <thank> <laughs> yes. 
Um, any difference why you chose just for fans and as opposed to OnlyFans? Uh, there... So I, I'm actually going to open both of them very soon. I already have just, just for fans. I'm about to open OnlyFans. Uh, I think the only thing was I started with just for fans because it's owned by a gay man. And they're a little bit more effective and quick on payment. Okay. Okay, well, that's key. You got to get the coin. That um, is key. Yeah. For people out there Take those that coins. Would, Direct deposit. People, <laughs> people that would want to potentially um, oh want to shoot a scene with you, anything you're looking for? Uh, anything? No, just be fun and sexy. And, 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 and let's have a cappuccino. And have yeah. a cappuccino. You can find me on LucaXNYC Luca on Twitter. Just... Slide in my DM and I'll be... <laughs> slide in your slide DM. In. Yeah. <laughs> nice choice of words. I like that. Um, Luca, thank you so much. Of course. For, we'll have yes, you back thank on you. the audio show. Congrats on Definitely. your 100. Thank you. And thank you for being here. Just for fans forward slash uh, Luca X. Luca X. Luca X. Luca X NYC. Luca X NYC. Capital X. Yes. Luca X. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, sweetheart. Cool. Um, wow, that was really good. Um, I want to uh, just give a shout out to one of our guests that's been um, uh, Mike Bammer. Uh, can you come up here real quick and just tell us a little bit about, uh, please welcome, he's been on the show, Mike Bammer, and he has a brand new website um, that I want you to tell everyone about that they should log on to and become a part of. Well, I, I started out... Real close, right? Okay. That's I, better. I started out uh, with 40 years of my photos from beaches around the world in Mykonos and Rio and Ibiza and whatever. And I got a lot of followers who wanted more, so we opened a website where people submit their own personal photos and stories from their lives. It's kind of an accumulated global gay history. Awesome. That's really awesome. I love it. And we're, in addition to you know, preserving and documenting our histories and our stories, we're trying to create a non-grinder community. Uh, so we have direct messaging so people can chat with each other. We have meetups around the world every month. We've done, last month I was in Tel Aviv. Uh, so wow, we're that's really, great. We're trying to basically create a community around our history. Because you know, there, there are so many places, like in the meatpacking district, for example, that used to be gay clubs that are now sugar stores or whatever. You know, that people just don't know about. They don't know the history. Well, it's not only you know, that. Our spaces are disappearing. The spaces yeah. are disappearing. So finding other ways to replace them is yeah. part of our goal. Right. But also just knowing the history. You know, where the place was, what it was. You know, stuff like that. It's, I, think, I think that's really important. People can so uh, that's go, great. To your, go to the website and sign up. Um, I was trying to look for it real quick. Yeah, please, Bammer, B-A-M-M-E-R dot co dot C-O. Please check it out. Join, become a member, and Bammer to see you Awesome. Perfect. Thank you great. so much. Thank you so much. God, this is our 100th episode. This is our 100th episode. No. 100 episodes. Wow. Thank you, everybody that came out to support yes, us, thank too. you, everybody. Thank um, you. You can go, uh, our show's a weekly podcast. We're available on all uh, podcast platforms. All podcast platforms. <laughs> we record <laughs> in the studio with alcohol, and we um, always have a lot of fun. Me too. Well, maybe just a little alcohol. A little alcohol. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, I want to thank you to um, Rebar for hosting yes. us here. Thank you. Rebar has hosted us a number of times. We really appreciate it. You guys are great. Thank you. Tito's Vodka, thanks so much for supporting us here. We always love a good vodka. Tito's, it's my go-to. Tito's, Tito's and soda, Tito's and cranberry. 
I want to thank you, uh, my videographer today, Keith. Um, you can go to the Woo! Art of Keith M. He's been shooting me for an upcoming profile. Yeah, he's been for doc- like several days. He's been following you around with a camera. Yes, exactly, <laughs> and putting up with me. So that's really good. Yeah. Um, thanks to all our guests. Thanks and to all our guests. Thank you. David, thank you so much for um, helping us out over here. David always comes in. He helps us out. He sits there. He's quiet. He <laughs> works the cameras, works the microphones, and he's just great. Thank exactly. you so much. Thank you, co-host. This has been really fun. It's been great. To, to, um, to the next hundred. Absolutely. Thanks so much. In the meantime, you all have to continue having hot, hot gay, gay sex. sex. Thank you. Thank you.